It's time for Real Estate Roundup. This is the time every single week we get together with noted real estate agent Terry Story. Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, Florida. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve. So, Terry, prices of homes have risen to such a degree that some small investors are starting to partner up with other people in order to be able to afford them. What do you know about that? Yeah, that's right. You know, a lot of investors are just little mom-pa investors. They were looking to acquire one or two properties for their portfolios. And, you know, we've actually seen investment properties surge about 25% from 2014 to 2016, according to National Association of Realtors. So it's an attractive idea to be, a, you know, a flipper and try to make some money. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say that, it's also very important to know what you're doing. So what I'm seeing, Steve, is that, you know, investor one may be able to purchase up to 300000 and that market is very, very tight. There, you know, it's not much for sale in the entry-level market. So they'll double that amount or triple that amount. I've got one investor right now who's looking at like an $800,000 house and has to pull in a partner in order to do it. So it's a great idea, but you got to be aware. You know, anytime you, you go into a partnership, you better be, you know, fully aware of the risk and rewards of a partnership. Yeah. Well, again, it's like a personal relationship. It's kind of a business marriage. So you guys better figure out who's going to do what. Definitely get it down on paper. So there's no question later on. Yeah. You can't just be one person can be, you know, it's okay to have one person be more the money guy and the other guy, mm-hmm. you know, actually doing the work and orchestrating the work. But, you know, have a plan and have it in writing. Yeah, yeah. How the profits are going to be divided. Is it 50-50? A lot to think about. And then, you know, we're talking about the profits. Well, what if there's a loss? Yeah. Who takes the loss, both of you? The money guy, you know, because if one person's the money guy puts in the, let's say, the lion's share of the money and the losses, maybe the smaller money investor really can't afford to take a loss. Right. And maybe the money guy wants the loss. For tax purposes, perhaps. Yeah, there's there's a lot to discuss when it comes to being a small investor and, mm-hmm. and starting up a partnership with it. All right. Good information. Another item that has become under my eyes here is that this whole idea of tiny homes, which are homes defined as those about 600 square feet in area were seemingly very popular for a while, and we wondered whether they were a fad or not. Has that trend continued, Terry? Well, you know, it's interesting. When they survey people, half of the adults recently surveyed, you know, like 53% said they would consider a small home. And then when you start looking at the younger generations, they find it appealing, which I think is, it's just an interesting concept. They're open to the idea. Baby boomers, however, there's about 45% of them that would consider it. And then the elderly population, they're about 30%. So here's the problem with the tiny houses. You have to be in a community, an area that would allow it zoning. If you think about it, Steve, you know, the minimum lot size requirements, you know, in some towns, the minimum lot size has to be, I don't know, I'll make it up 75 by 100. Well, you're going to really put a tiny house on a 75 by 100 lot. Yeah. And the cost of the land is so expensive. I just don't see them popping up in Boca Raton, for example. You know, a lot's going to cost you $479,000 and you're going to put, you know, a 600 square foot house on it. I mean, it doesn't make, make a whole lot of sense. Well, you know, it's, it seems to be the size like of a mobile home or something. I mean, to me, 600 square feet is just nothing. I mean, if you get an apartment, 
Yeah. You're going to have 1,000 square feet or 1,100 square feet mostly. Right. Most, most of the apartments that we see around here would be a minimum, you know, 980 to 1,100. Right. So think about 600 square feet. And you've got to get a kind of a kitchen in there and bathroom and bedrooms and living room. It's really tough. Well, you know, and then you, you talk about like New York City. <laughs> from well, what I've yeah. never been into any of those apartments, but from what I understand, yeah. they may all make them sound like they're 100 square feet. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. So that is not just a fad. It is more of a trend, but it's got some limitations because communities and municipalities probably frown on them to some degree. So you'd have to be really, very careful about where you decide to try to do something like that. That's right. Okay. I wanted to talk about this other issue because it's very disturbing and something that everybody should know about. And that is that there are lenders that are preying on veterans and offering them mortgage deals that are actually hurting them. And a lot of them are getting sucked into this and it's really hurting all of us. So tell us about that. Yeah, it is very disturbing. So basically what they're doing, Steve, is they're inducing these borrowers to refinance their loans. And the reason why they're doing it, it's in order to generate fat fees for the lenders and themselves rather than benefiting the veterans who, you know, with lower costs and better loan terms. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a baiting tactic. We've seen that back in the old housing boom days. These are teaser rates. They're promising them zero payments for one or two months, refunds of escrow, switching from long-term rates to short-term float rates. It's just a bad, bad idea, especially when interest rates are rising. Yeah. So listen, listen, everybody, you got to use your common sense here. First of all, if you're going to go from a fixed long-term rate and you're going to go into a shorter floating rate, you have the risk that if interest rates rise, your payment, your mortgage payment will rise. And if you think that the money you're saving is something that's going to last for a long time, you could be sorely mistaken. That could really, really hurt you. These are the things that happened prior to the crash in 2008 and to the mortgage meltdown. And we're starting to see this again. So don't be fooled by any promise of something that seems too good to be true. Yeah, exactly. It's just taking advantage of maybe people who aren't totally informed as to what they have. So if you're looking to do any kind of refinance, get a couple of opinions before you make that decision. Absolutely. You know, if you have a $300,000 loan and rates go up a half of 1%, that could add more than $1,000 a year to your payments. That's right. So Right now, rates seem to be wanting to rise. There's talk about the Federal Reserve raising interest rates this year by maybe three times. So that's particularly good to watch out for. Be careful about that. Be careful about teaser rates. You know, that looks like, you know, maybe they'll offer you 1% for six months, but then what knows what happens after that is anybody's guess. So just be very careful. Hey, Terry, we're out of time. So I just want to mention that Terry is a 29-year veteran with Keller Williams located in Boca Raton, and she can be found at terrystory.com. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having me, Steve.